There is an old Swedish proverb. I won't even try to render it in the original language, but basically it goes like this. Everything has an end and a sausage has two. <laughs> I'm feeling that this morning as this season of epiphany comes to an end. We arrive where we started with the voice of God bellowing from the heavens to proclaim Jesus as God's beloved son, one in whom God is well pleased and one we all are bid this time to listen to. For us during this season of Epiphany, it has been a time for us to encounter God in new and often bold ways, seeing the glory of God displayed in Jesus, the Word made flesh, and seeing Jesus both enfleshed as God and seeing Jesus afresh, knowing this light which has come into the world and hearing his voice still speaking to us has been what these last few months have been all about for us as we hear the scripture. Today, Matthew speaks of a mountaintop experience that is truly, for all involved, a threshold moment. It's one that brings the past into the present and sets the stage for all that will come down the road. This moment in Matthew's telling of the story is the great turning point for the glory that shall be revealed. As the disciples experience a vision of Moses and Elijah standing and conversing with Jesus, time for them is collapsed. And they see Jesus anew as the very fulfillment of all that has preceded that moment. Now, deep down, I think that Threshold moments like this are never comfortable events. They challenge us. And when we stand on the threshold, we often seek out calming, reassuring patterns in life, usually from our past, that might help us pass through the challenges that those threshold moments may cause us to face. These moments close one door as we open another, never quite sure of what might lie ahead, what shape it will take, or what new adventure might be in store for us. In two separate stories this morning from scripture, Moses and the hand-picked trio of disciples, Peter, James, and John, all share this kind of life-changing, terrifying moment in what we hear today. For Moses, this threshold moment changes everything for him and the newly liberated people of Israel. Everything they have known about being in relationship with God will from that day forward be mitigated through the law, a binding covenant that redefines the terms of engagement between humanity and God. 
And that law that they received is an unmerited gift that will shape all of their lives together for years to come. And in the second story, the stunned disciples, Peter, James, and John, all think they know who this Jesus is, teacher, healer, master. But they're alone with him on a mountaintop. They encounter something that fills them with genuine awe and a goodly bit of fear. Fumbling to grasp what they are experiencing, Peter, true to form as the most outspoken of all the disciples, tries to make sense of all this and responds in a way that seeks to capture the moment by containing Moses, Elijah, and Jesus in neatly ordered little booths. That man that they thought they knew is suddenly more, suddenly very other. And the path that lies ahead of him upends everything the disciples think they understand about Jesus. In other words, one phase of their life with Jesus and their comprehension of him is now ending and a new one beginning. They must wonder as they come down from that mountaintop, what will all this look like? What will we begin anew? They've journeyed with Jesus, the minister, the rabbi, the healer. Will they now need to journey with him to his death on a cross? Or will they simply dig in their heels and insist, as Peter did, in his fear and confusion, to remain exactly where they are, safely contained in the moment, and neatly set up booths to capture this glorious, transformative moment. Deep down, when you look at these stories, the one of Moses on Mount Sinai and the disciples with Jesus on the mountain, I wonder truly who it is that is transfigured and who it is that is transformed. While most of us might sense that it's all about Jesus being revealed as the Son of God, clothed in dazzling white, I wonder if that captures the essence of what is being conveyed in these texts. Deep down, I think it's not so much about this mountaintop experience, but what will come after when they leave the mountain and come back down to the plain. The very transformation of the lives of those who witness these things is what matters. And that is what is set as an example for us. Peter, James, and John must now come down from that mountain high and sort out what it now means to follow Jesus down on the plain. I think in many ways, we, like them, are caught up in a threshold moment. Our past, individually and collectively, is what it is. 
What will be for all of us is not yet known. But each and every day, our calling is to discern what that might be, how and when we have the opportunity to hear the voice of God beckoning, beckoning us to come and follow. It might be a challenge. It might be a voice of comfort. But we need to be able to have those mountaintop moments in order to truly follow where Jesus will lead the way. Where might that voice be leading you? Where might that voice be leading all of us together? We have an opportunity to have that kind of experience, to join folks like Peter, James, and John, and learn something of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Amen.